the most famous man on the planet is here. Cheers, gang. Cheers. All right. Here we go. This is it. Ah. Down the hatch. Mmm, Jaeger. Ah. Mm, medicine. I love it. Medicine. Mmm. Medicine. Herbs. 37 <laughs> herbs and spices. I don't know what they say. That might be Kentucky Fried Chicken, actually. <laughs> All right, gang. This is it. Uh, the, uh, the last two episodes of The Last Dance just aired. I got, once again, uh, Dr. Man, PhD in microphones. <laughs> and uh sound um and the crawdaddy uh, yo, yo, yo. manual labor and builder of awnings sort of sort of uh and uh you know who i am so whatever uh we uh yeah we just got done watching episodes nine and ten lots of feelings lots of thick the air is thick with anticipation and emotion Ooh, mm-hmm. yes um but all right real quick sneaker check crawdaddy what are you wearing same ones i was wearing last time a jordan fours what the yeah Crawdaddy's new into the sneaker game. I only got two. Go ahead. I thought about wearing my slides. <laughs> you could do are, that. They are Jordans. You could say that. That's true. But no, I mean, you got good choices for just entering the sneaker game. Um, I'm wearing probably my most worn pair, and they're the Jordan 1 High Rookie of the Year. Um, they have his uh, rookie stats on the inside of the flaps. And they're like my favorite Jordan One colorway that they make. I like them even more than the Chicago's, and that is kind of her- kind of heresy. heresy yeah. But all right, and I am wearing uh, the Retro Threes, the Tinker Hatfield Edition, the black and silver ones. Um, which you I, also have the red and white Tinker Threes. I also have the red. white and uh, yeah. and University Red, which I like those a lot. But Daddy only busts those out every once in a while because they're very white. And very dangerous to uh, to get dirty. But I like these. I wear these more often because they're... It sounds uh, like me, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> these don't, uh, aren't as susceptible to dirt and such. All right, cool. Stinker check is done. All right, gang. What did y'all think? I, uh, I have lots of feelings and emotions. But uh, So this started out with Pacers, Reggie Miller. Uh, with the cheap shot early. You love <laughs> to see it. Ooh. Also, I think players like Reggie paved the way... For- for players like Kevin Durant. Explain. Having Paul, terrible form. <laughs> lanky and can shoot lights out. Was he that tall? I he lanky. He, he's for lanky. Sure. I think he was only like 6'5". He looked like he was 6'10". Just with how lanky he was. Speaking of how lanky he is, who you got in a fight? Just a street fight. MJ or Reggie? Oh, MJ. I don't oh, know, no, Reggie's man. scrappy, Reggie dude. so scrappy. Scrappy, but well, he got nothing on him. We're probably going to get a podcast comment on Apple <laughs> Apple Podcasts for that because someone commented and said that we were idiots for saying that the Warriors could beat the Bulls. Which I don't remember saying that. Did we say that explicitly? We I mean, did we not... talked about the differences in game and how it's just it's just so much different. Yeah. He was saying that it could the argument could be made. Yeah, I I like, don't think we came to an agreement. No, yeah. But so whoever you were, hey, shouts out for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you for yeah. listening. Whatever yeah. your name was, Peep Noobmaster69. I, I can't remember this. <laughs> uh, those corn fed white people in Indiana don't play. Okay. Uh, yeah, y'all can- see that Karen spotted and that white <laughs> woman yelling? This is what I've noticed. And 
this documentary series and in my times going to NBA games, white middle-aged women are the most intense fans of the NBA. Intense people. Let's intense be real. People. I mean, there's the Karen is a meme for a reason. Oh my god! Like just the obscenities that that woman was shouting was insane. It reminded me of that uh, Parks and Rec thing where they start a basketball league and Ben is like. Uh, I started a basketball league because turns out if you don't have basketball in Indiana, people get really upset and call you names like Turd Boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, Indiana, what else is there to do, man? You know? Yeah, it's like cold enough to where you have to play an inside sport for like five months out of the year. And what else is there to do besides play sports? Yeah. So. From what I've heard, basketball in Indiana is. Similar to football in Texas. High, like high school football. Yeah. Yeah. Well, football period. G- in general. Yeah. yeah, sure. I did love that the announcer, when Reggie and MJ got into it, called it a brouhaha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a word that has been said in NBA commentating since then, or at least I hope not. But yeah. That Rob was... Greer over here texting us while we're out here. Yeah, saying MJ is the GOAT. Shout trying... out to Rob Greer to yeah, interrupt trying, him. Trying to input in his... Get his input into the podcast. Rob Greer is the goat of lunges because Yikes. I tried to keep pace with him doing lunges on Friday, and he was uh, he was in another <laughs> gear that I don't have. He's cranking him out. Uh, that's that Pacers series was man. That's a that's cool. I, I feel like MJ said a lot of times they were the toughest. Yeah. Uh, you know, t- team for them go besides the Pistons, obviously, but um, I mean, seeing Rick Smith's out there just. The giant penis. <laughs> He's fuzzy. He's fuzzy in this series for sure. I got a lot of respect for Reggie Miller uh, for a number of reasons, but also that play where he just straight up shoved Michael. Oh God! And said like, "I'm gonna force them to blow a whistle," which they don't. They never do. Yeah. I mean, and knowing like they don't, they're not gonna. They're, they're gonna. They they swallow in today's, their whistles. In today's game, I'd say seventy five percent of the time that gets called. I'm not on the last play though. I mean, the last play of a game they almost that never bad, call. But that that was egregious. But put yourself in the mind of a referee. Like, what does it take for you to blow the whistle in the last shot of a game? It it's got to be. It takes a flying elbow for <laughs> me to blow the whistle within the last like ten seconds of the game. Yeah. Eh. But um, I mean, I was like mad respect for him to no- understanding that and knowing. Oh, yeah. like, oh I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm gonna straight up shove him out of the way. Um, which we'll we'll talk about another shove. Uh, later <laughs> Ooh, controversy controversy uh, a lot yeah. of controversy in this one. mj saying uh don't disrespect black jesus <laughs> yes Man, that was such a power move oh, oh yes. my gosh also like, and then reggie being like i stopped referring to as referring to him as michael jordan like i jordan black cat or jordan Wait, no, I said Jordan. Or Black Jesus. Jordan, Black Cat. Yes, Black, Black Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. 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 No, Michael I feel Jordan. like that's also something that is, like, that's a nickname that has a lot of racial singularity. <laughs> because if I say White Jesus, I just sound like a supremacist. For sure. <laughs> For sure. 1,000%. And yeah. then, outside of that, I mean, I don't know, maybe there are some, some other ones. But Black Jesus is a nickname... It seems fitting of Michael Jordan, but if if any other if someone of another race said that, I feel like it would just be a little, little weird. So, do you guys think that? Uh, so, this is like something people say a lot. I feel like kind of a couple other people have said it, but we were the better team. But you know, they had championship 
uh, pedigree, whatever, mentally, the edge. And a seven-game series, like, can you really say you're the better team if you don't win the series? Yeah. The other thing, too, is they had just – this is on the end of their three-peat. Like, Jordan is exhausted. Yeah. It's similar to, like, LeBron with his eight straight finals. Like, that is taxing on anybody. Similar to playing a doubleheader in a church league uh, championship. That's right. Like, just yeah, like we've all been just there. like us. We've all been there. Yeah, you know, we've all been I mean, there. Carl Daddy said LeBron, we gotta take a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, this this brings me up to the LeBron Cavs beating the uh, the Warriors. Uh, the coming back from three one, beating the seventy two three win Warriors, whatever. Uh, who's the better team, right? I mean, like I. Like yeah, you want to say like the Warriors won seventy three games. That's a coin flip, right? Nine times out of ten, they probably. But this whole like, well, we were the better team. Like, well, who cares? I don't care. Like, you didn't win. Like, yeah. that's so pointless to say. anybody can say that. Yeah, and even then, like looking back at the numbers, of course I've got numbers. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, so Reggie was uh, nineteen three and two with one steal for the year. Rick Smiths was sixteen seven and seven with one block. Chris Mullen, eleven mm. three and two with one steal. So I mean, they they were okay, but those were the three big guys on their team but looking at them in comparison to MJ and Rodman with his rebounds and his defense and Pippen I don't I don't like like, what are Mark Jackson's numbers I don't know I I haven't seen I mean they were they were minimal they were less than Chris Mullen from what I looked up or I wouldn't I would have written them down but I feel like that saying that from the number standpoint I think the Bulls were a better team regardless of what Reggie says and you know I love me some Reggie Miller yeah (laughs) so uh, but the the Bulls got past them, and had their first, uh, or and then uh, you know the rematch with the Jazz. Rematch with the Jazz, but uh, and then I think this is when they sort of rewound back, right, to '97. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This whole like memento jumping forward backwards was cool, or when it was earlier, but now that it's so close together, oh yeah, it's really scrambling my brain. I'm not smart enough to keep up with it. Yeah, I got a little bit more on this Pacer series. If you guys yeah, want yeah. to hear it, got a little bit of numbers. Um, <clears throat> so MJ led the game in scoring in every single game in the series. He had 41 in Game 2 and 35 in Game 6. In Game 4, MJ had 28-5-2 and two with two blocks, which is filthy. Reggie had 15-2-3 <laughs> and three with two steals. Rick Smits, the Duncan Dutchman, 26-5-2 and five and two with two blocks. Jeez. Yeah, he was out here killing it. He, I mean, Rick Smits honestly crushed it in this series, and because... He's not a great personality like Reggie Miller is. I feel like they didn't interview him. Yeah. But honestly, Rick Smith's, other than the big shots, kind of carried this series for the Pacers. And I feel like that was overlooked, and I hate that. So I feel like this is something that gave that Bulls team trouble. They don't, which they talk about a little bit with Carl Malone, but was dominant big men, or sort of back to the basket yeah. big men. Mm-hmm. I mean, as good as Robin was, like undersized to guard like a Carl Malone. But also, you're like a grizzly bear. You know, yeah. you're Robin was an offensive powerhouse, he was defense. Yeah. Pretty much entirely. Yeah, and also if you're if you're putting you know someone like Rick Smiths up against Luke Longley, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking or putting Bill my money. Weddington. Yeah, I'm putting my money on Rick Smiths all day, every day. Uh, Luke Longley had a couple of nice dunks in this uh, in these episodes, though. Yeah, and also a couple of nice missed dunks. Yeah, it's why? <laughs> well, you know, that's true. He did have one. That's pretty. That's ba- if you're like seven foot and a half, like yeah, eight feet tall, you need to make event. every dunk. Gotta yeah. make. The bunnies. Bunnies. Gotta make the bunnies. Um, yeah. Also, oh, go sorry. ahead. I also love the fact 
I think it was after either game one or game two, the game was decided by 12 points, and the commenter said, uh, the announcer said it was a blowout win. 12 points is not a blowout. No, not really. Not, maybe then that I mean, NBA and was. then, if you think about it, it's 80 points, 12 <laughs> points. Yeah. I mean, that's I like mean, an eighth of the score. Kind of, but it's the same time. But then the next game was 11 points, and they did not say it was a blowout. So that's, it was at the cutoff. Yes. 11 to 12. <laughs> yes. 12 points is the threshold for a blowout win. Um, uh, so they go back. Yeah, so 97, the original bout with the Jazz. Um, John Stockton with his big music pastor energy. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. And this brings us to another segment of the Why Would You Ever Talk Shit to Michael Jordan? <laughs> colon the Bi- Brian Russell story. Oh, this this right here solidifies all rookies are idiots. I just don't understand why people. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't talk- need anything. Well, we about I mean, we talked about it last week though. He doesn't need anything. He will make he shit will up. make shit up. Yeah, to to yes. beat you. But at the same time, Carl and John, you need to be like, bro. Don't talk to him. Yeah. Don't say anything to him. So here's my question. How do you... I mean, it doesn't matter, right? But how do you... If you stand up to him, he will bury you. <laughs> even for the slightest, even perceived, like, uh, insult. Yeah. So if you do that, you're dead to him and he'll bury you. And if you cower to him, he will also probably bury you. So what do you do? You can't do anything. You have to be, like, mediocre. Like Reggie, I guess? Like, Reggie just didn't say anything, but would just... I don't know. Like, who's... who's What's the blueprint? I feel like that for MJ to... Like, for example, with Reggie. So Reggie, Reggie talked some hot shit to MJ. <laughs> yeah. And yes, MJ buried him. But also, I feel like that there was a kind of mutual respect because of the greatness that is Reggie Miller. Um, and I feel like that that is the requirement is that, I mean, similar to, you know, KYP, know your personnel, like MJ knew his personnel. So if a guy was talking to him and jawing and had no reason, had no, no, uh, like body of work behind what he was saying, then, I mean, there was no, he was going to destroy him. Yeah. Uh, but if also someone who was, did have a body of work but back down, then he would just go for the throat, you know? So I feel like there's that middle ground of having to have this body work behind you and have this kind of greatness, but also being willing to kind of go toe-to-toe with him. Um, I mean, we see that a lot in the 92, the Dream Team, like, practices and stuff like that. I mean, he respected those guys. He still brought the hammer, you know, and destroyed those guys, but also he, he respected those guys a lot because they had the ability to back it up, but then again, they were going against one of the greatest of all time yeah. so speaking of that there was a trivia on the the series it was saying jordan eliminated 20 hall of fame players in the playoffs who did he eliminate the most who would you think it was patrick that ewing, ewing baby oh, yes. Yes. you love you to love to see, see it you love absolutely to see love to see it, it. yep yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Patrick Ewing hate podcasts on this, and uh, I'm fine. Really, with for this. no reason, other than just that he sucks, and you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the mystique of Michael is not that he never, like, uh, never got his back against the wall, or never was close to losing. You know, to like, in my memory, a lot of it's like, like we've talked about. Michael always wins no matter what, but it's not like they never. He never lost a game, never missed a shot, never. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, what what this sort of like galvanized this whole. Th- thing was like 
it's not that he never had his back against the wall. It's that he did many times with game sevens or like game sixes coming back from beating losing losing the Pistons. Um, but that he had his back against the wall many times and always found a way or just did it. Just oh, just put the team on his back or made the right play or whatever. The other thing too is there's a lot of times where kind of those series have those pivotal moments where the ball bounces the right way for him. Uh, yes, I, I noticed that too. Like there is so much just like it just luck. Yeah. I mean, for lack of a better word, like just I mean, yeah, right. I mean, with the Pistons, uh, Pistons, the Pacers, that jump ball series. Yeah. Reggie's like, if we get this ball and we make a bucket, we're home free almost. And just Steve, lands right in Steve Kerr's yeah. bread and basket. <laughs> wide stance and bucket. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of that. The uh, jumping ahead to the steal on Carl Malone. Like, that's a great play. Yeah. But he smacks the shit out of that ball. Oh, yeah. And it comes right back to him. Like, it's just... Carl doesn't fall over. Yeah. He probably gets the ball back. There's just so many things like that. Just, the ball just has to roll... physics equation (laughs) on that one. Yes. That is tough to watch. Like, yeah, it's a bummer. But we'll get to that. Um, I got some. Uh, I got some MJ big shot stats. Yes, y'all want to hear them? Ooh, yes. Bring so it. I was looking at Reggie, and the issue is, shout out to bas- basketballreference.com. Once again, always they. I mean, they say on their website if we if because it's free, it's a free resource. If we use their things to give them a little shout out, they are moving a lot of their resources to Stathead.com, which is a paid service, which is fine, great for them. But they don't have playoff shot-by-shot shot stats anymore, which is a little unfortunate. Um, so I couldn't look up Reggie's big shot stats. But Reggie, in the regular season, he made 15 buzzer beaters over his career. Or just shots to win or tie within the last minute. Um, the clutch last one, shots. Clutch shots, yeah. I would say clutch shots. The last one was in 2004, assisted by Metal World Peace. Hey! <laughs> was that the same For, year? Formerly Ron Artest. Was that the year before <laughs> the fight? The fight was 2004. That was the same. five seasons. Yeah. yeah same well, I thought season. he got suspended the entire... Oh, I guess it was before that. It was before that, yeah. The yeah. Re- yeah, the rest the of the season and then the whole season. The malice in the palace. Oof. Um, but yeah, so fight. so he had eight over the 96 to 98 seasons. And so, I mean, it makes sense. Similar to what we were talking about with Scotty last week. It didn't make sense for him to take the last shot because he didn't have that body work behind him. He hadn't proven that he could take the last shot. Reggie had proven it, yeah. so... There's a reason to get him the ball. Reggie scored eight eight points in like, or eleven points in like eight seconds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, MJ <laughs> had I I couldn't look up. I looked up buzzer beaters, but there's kind of a difference. So uh, shots to win or tie within the last one minute of a game. He had 32 in the regular season over his career, which is wild. That's crazy. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in the playoffs, I did find playoff buzzer beaters. So that's shot to win the game. He had three over okay. his career, which is the second most behind, who do you think? LeBron. Oh, let's take a drink. Yes, oh. it's LeBron. It's LeBron. Buzzer yeah. beaters. Well, how many does LeBron have? He has four. Yeah. Buzzer beaters. So, buzzer beaters in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so there's this kind of gap in the Toronto. stats that I can't find. I'm trying to think of Toronto. I think he's got one of the Bulls against the Bulls. Oh, okay. There's one, the Magic. That yeah, the 0-9. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I think Magic. there's another one that's probably like a layup that he made. Gotta be the Celtics or something. Played on the Celtics yeah. a lot. Yeah, uh, But yeah, so he has three buzzer beaters in the playoffs. 32 in the that's regular season of his career. Though. Including, he had five when he played for the Wizards. Which is like clutch shots. So like yeah. winner tie within the last minute. 
Yikes. Um, and I, I put it to where the outcome had to be that they won the game. So yeah. not just yeah. like they went up at the end. Yeah. Um, so like his shot won the game. So that's wild. So You can't teach clutch. Nope. That's right. Um, what do y'all think is, are the best NBA buzzer beaters in history? Now I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I did some research. Oh, on that. Uh, well, I mean, I do love that LeBron uh, over the Magic that from half court. Yeah, 2009. Yeah, that was nice. That was beautiful. A personal favorite has to be Derek Fisher. Twenty four <laughs> oh, seconds. On. I have that one. But that that's was... a that's a sort of bittersweet uh, because they won the series and then lost the finals and didn't win a championship, which is super. <laughs> Like bums me out, but um, is that against the Pistons at all? Yeah, they lost the Pistons in no, four. Yeah, I for those of you guys that are listening that don't know what this is, so yeah, in two thousand four in the Western Conference Finals, yep, yeah, Derek Fisher, uh, so Tim Duncan hits Tim a Duncan, fadeaway, it's a ridiculous, stupid fadeaway. Yes. Yeah, yeah, with point four seconds left, and Derek Fisher hits that that uh, that three with point. Which 4 every seconds Spurs left. fan will tell you shouldn't have counted. But suck it. The rule is that in point three seconds or more, you can get a shot off. Point two. So is point it point two? two? Well, hey. point two has to be a tip. In. Plenty of time then. Yeah. 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 Um, Twice the amount of time you need. I have the shirt. I bought the shirt because um, after the game, they you know interviewed Shaq and he said, "Well, one lucky shot deserves another." Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't understand that, one lucky shot deserves another. So I have. I bought. I went on the internet like or on you know my. Uh, you know, Earth, earthlink.net account <laughs> yep. immediately. Or I probably asked my mom, like, Mom, can you buy me this T-shirt? <laughs> uh, but bought the shirt that says um, 0.4 seconds, I think, on the front and on the back. It says one lucky shot deserves another. And I wore it to a Spurs game once and almost got shivved. <laughs> so, it's probably not the best idea. Yeah, I still have that shirt, though, somewhere. Yeah. That's a favorite. But I think uh, that's, like, a personal favorite. But I think MJ over Elo is pretty... Iconic, mm, that, just the, like huge. he hangs in the air. It's like, dude, what the? Oh, Plus yeah. the like the jumping fist pump yeah. afterwards is great. Um, Kawhi in the 2019 playoffs against Philly, the three oh, pass. Yeah. That that's insane too. Speaking of physics equations, <laughs> yeah. that was wild. It's um, wild too because he like puts his head down and is clearly dribbling to just like not to the basket. Mm-mm. He's like going to the corner, <laughs> just getting out of the like trying to go like sideways, and then he just. I mean, pretty good defense, frankly, and that, yeah, that was wild. Yeah, if you guys have not seen that shot, please look it up on YouTube right now. Um, and that resulted in a championship, ultimately, so. Yeah. Which is interesting, too. The, that was a game seven, too. The mystique yeah. of Kawhi, like, LeBron, beater, or, you know, whatever. Uh, Actually, I'd say Danny Green was the LeBron beater. <laughs> but, real. like, on Spurs, but, like, that's a 50-50 shot, really. I mean... If that doesn't go down, Kawhi, the, the Raptors don't want to win. Who knows what happens? Maybe the 76ers win a championship? Yeah. Question mark? Gross. Gross, <laughs> yes, I know. But the mystique of Kawhi, like, who knows what happens? He probably still goes to the Clippers, but, like, yeah. he doesn't have the hype. He doesn't have the – so that's a really – that's a big shot. Yeah. Sorry getting us off on this tangent, but I got no, a couple. Good. I got a couple more. Uh, Dame's forty footer in the two thousand nineteen playoffs over Russ. Ooh. That's very nice. <laughs> that is bye bye. Yeah, uh, bye bye. As as a now Russell Westbrook fan and hater, then it felt good. Then um, honestly, it still feels good now. That's an <laughs> that's an incredible shot. That's just a feat of athleticism. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and Paul George saying that it's a bad shot afterwards, like just, okay. Well, 
and it just and it broke up their team basically. Yeah. Um, this one has no playoff implications or really implications for anyone except for Rockets fans. Um, but at the beginning of the 2019 season, the first game against the Warriors, when Harden hit that uh, that three pointer with 0.4 seconds le- or 0.6 seconds left with Draymond and KD in his face. Mm. Um, I was, I recall exactly where I was. I was sitting in bed watching it on my computer (laughs) and my wife was like half asleep and I literally went, oh shit, and threw my computer and got up and Lauren thought that we were about to die. So um, apologies for that, but that one has no implications for anyone except Rockets fans. We're going to forget about the time that Jerry Stockton hit the game winner in the 97 Western Conference Finals of Barkley. John Stockton. John Stockton. Sorry. They showed that, yeah. Yeah, um, over the Rockets that mm. would have put the Rockets in the finals in 97. No, it was game six. It would have gone to game seven. Oh, it was game six? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, but I missed Potentially, time. potentially could have. Potentially, but yeah, we're going to forget about that because <laughs> the Rockets propaganda machine is going to keep rolling. So. Yeah, that never happened. Yeah, it never happened. What uh, should have happened is... Well, uh, over under on five of how many eyes John Stockton has. <laughs> over. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those passes he makes are stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> that one that he, the David Aldridge, I mean, that granted, like, court. he said, like, that's the best pass I've ever seen. I mean, okay. I mean, it's a full court live. It's not like, well, that was, it's a hard pass, but it's not like weaving it between three, you know, whatever. True. But this is also in a day and age where full court passes aren't the norm. That's true. Yeah. Nowadays, it's the Heatles like, oh, kind yeah. of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of blew that up. Um, well, this brings us to the flu game. And guys, Pizzagate. 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 Pizza <laughs> if there's five dudes showing up to your hotel to deliver pizza and you're not in Chicago, do not eat that I pizza. I don't know, man. I, I just, like, you think some Mormon poison, poison that pizza? <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> I just don't buy it, dude. So, I don't know. I don't think they actually intentionally poisoned it. They may have undercooked it a little bit. It's put, pizza, dude. It's, pizza, it's like cheese. <laughs> what could be on there? No, you can't. Under, it's not about under. Like, what could you undercook on a it's pizza? It's an egg pizza. They gave him salmonella. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would have to literally taint that pizza <laughs> to make him sick. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's fun to talk about, and it's interesting. And I'm, and the, I'm sure the lore of MJ. You know, he would love for everyone to think that he got poisoned by that pizza and then bounced back. I, it might have been food poisoning. It well, it probably was food poisoning. But it was probably not intentional. Also, why are you eating a whole pizza the night before you're playing? Because like, you're Michael Jordan and you smoke cigars before. Yeah, a game. like I mean, talk about. So. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I can't imagine LeBron eating like <laughs> in a hotel room eating whole pizzas by himself. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> this is the night. He's eating quinoa game. bowls and like sashimi tuna and shit. You know. <laughs> True. Yeah. This is the night before the game, not immediately before the game. Yeah, I got food poisoning like a year ago, and I threw up so hard I woke my roommate up upstairs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I scream when I throw up and I busted blood vessels in my eyes and so I can't imagine just being like alright sweet I'm gonna go play a game with a ton of pressure right now after this like I couldn't walk the next day so yeah mad props to MJ this is wild yeah I don't care what it is it's still impressive he had, he had an IV like the entire day whereas you did not have that still man no, I'm not saying it's not impressive it's very impressive but he also gets a little benefit of having. The he stayed in bed all day too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, he he played forty four minutes and had thirty eight points. It's also, Phil Jackson, why are you playing him forty four minutes, dude? Come <laughs> I don't on, think man. Phil Jackson had a say in that. Let point. him rest, dude. Crazy. 
Yeah, flu game sits a little different in this uh, current climate. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, flu game, whoa. Speaking of the jazz, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Foiegrass Sal, damn, Samuel Dallenberry ruining it for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of MJ having 38, 7, and 5, he had three steals in a block, meaning he was playing some hot-ass <laughs> defense. Yeah. While having food poisoning, that's stupid. I will say, like, if the same thing happened to, you know, LeBron. LeBron. Or anybody, uh, even bitch-ass James Harden. <laughs> if it was the finals, I think anybody would probably just, oh, like, figure, you I know. guarantee LeBron's playing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, man, Steve Kerr uh, had no hesitation in that shot. Nope. Like, nope. he was right there, and he shot it quick. Also, I Props did, to him, man. I did love his championship speech. Yeah, big dad joke oh, yeah. energy oh, <laughs> yes. with his khaki shorts yeah. on. Do you guys think that the spirit of John Paxson in his <laughs> le- his lineage went straight into Steph Curry through via Steve Kerr? And that's why Steph Curry is in such an incredible shooter. I think it's just like the basketball in Space Jam. The John Paxson passed it to Steve Kerr. And yeah, Steve Kerr. Passed it's like it. the role player of John Paxson and the role player of Steve Kerr created the all star that is Steph Curry. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. That uh, I, we don't have to get into it too much because what are we going to talk about? But the backstory about uh, Steve Kerr's dad. Oh man, um, was, I had no idea. No idea. That, that was really mean, interesting. Like being some sort of Middle Eastern expert professor in Beirut. Uh, that was just like yeah, didn't have any idea about that. But that was that was pretty interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. Also sucks. Too. Yeah, it was really sad. Really unfortunate, yeah. man. Yeah. But um, also surprising that Kerr and MJ never talked about that. I mean, that's... I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's. I feel like, hey man, I know what that's like to have a, your father. Yeah, murdered. but I feel like even then, it's like your father just got murdered. Even if you, your father also got murdered, I feel like that's not something to like breach the subject. Sure. Like, hey man, my dad died too. Like, there's no, there's no cushion. Oh no no no! Just no, no, at no. the water like, cooler, like <laughs> yeah, my dad I'm not got murdered like that. too. Just be yeah. like, hey, I know what you're going. Well, through. I think I you know. talked about it too. That like, Michael was isolated from them in a big way yeah. like he that's couldn't true. he couldn't just hang out with them like yeah. that's was, why his he was so close with his security guy. gus yeah gus god gus. save gus man for yeah. real um i've got some positive steve kerr notes <laughs> if you guys would like so how many points do you think that steve kerr averaged for his career like seven. what was his points per game seven i was gonna say eight Six. Ooh. Six points per game. That a little surprising for me. I mean I, I get, high, you think? You thought it was high? I thought it was a little low. I mean I oh, thought okay. that it was a little low for what I thought, but then again, I mean, role player, they're scoring eighty points a game, so I I, I guess it makes sense. But he was almost fifty forty ninety. So yeah. That, yeah, fifty percent field goal percentage, forty percent from three, ninety percent from free free throw. He shot forty eight, forty five, and eighty six. Oh, so wow. it was really Jeez. close. I remember also that wide base, man. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to a Spurs game in maybe the early 2000s um, and sitting pretty close. I think they were playing the Rockets. I saw Yao pretty up close, but uh, got there watching warm-ups. And, I mean, you watch warm-ups, those NBA guys, it's pretty unreal how consistently they make shots. But I remember watching him, like, warm-up for just, like, I just, like, oh, I locked in on him for, like, I don't know, 20 seconds. And he did not miss a shot. Just, like, drilling shot after shot after shot after shot. And uh, it's pretty impressive to, like, we all obviously casually play basketball. We talk about it a lot. But, like, to not really shoot, like you said, you shoot five times a game, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Those shots are big. To shoot, like, five times in a 48-minute game but be ready constantly is really hard. 
Yeah. Granted, to not touch the ball. Six figures at least. Sure. I mean, like, get a professionals and, like, you know, I don't really – they're doing their jobs. But to, to – to, in the basketball sense of it, like, to not take a shot all game or not take many shots and just always be in rhythm and ready, like, to shoot a weird mid-range top of the key. Yeah, shooting 45% <laughs> on – Three to five shots a game. Yeah, that's from tough. three is stupid. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. wild. Um, so many fourteen foot jumpers in <laughs> yeah. just this whole series. Yeah, just the just least. Just in the nineties, really. The nineties NBA was yeah, something. The least efficient shot in basketball. Mori is just, just turning over in his. <laughs> just dying. Not grave, but not, yeah. yeah. Um, house. But yeah. they uh, well they go on to win, of course the ninety seven, uh, and then everyone's celebrating. And enrolls Dennis Rodman in his pajama pants. Always. So find someone who loves you the way Dennis Rodman loves pajama pants. <laughs> exactly. That's all, be as soon as the game is over, he's like, anybody seen my pajama pants? Yeah, I immediately Where wrote... My pants I wrote down when he took that little detour in the next episode where he took a little detour to... Uh, <laughs> wrestling? To wrestling. Wrestling, I put that in. <laughs> to wrestling. Oh, wrestling. I was going to go wrestle. I'll go do some... You know. Yeah, he was wearing pajama pants when he gave that guy the chair. <laughs> <laughs> For yeah. sure. I don't understand. Dennis Rodman has some Rick James tendencies <laughs> uh, in like the Charlie Murphy stories. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all right. So moving on episode. Anybody got anything else in episode nine? No. Um, I have a list of, this is kind of going back, but the most NBA buzzer beaters uh, in, this is from TheRinger.com. So uh, this is like regular season or playoffs. So most NBA buzzer beaters of all time. Uh, Jordan with nine. Um... Kobe with eight. Who do you think? I'm going to give you a couple guesses at who has seven. So Jordan, LeBron. Kobe. Or Bron. Bron has seven. Um, the Derek Fisher? Wheelchair conspiracy. Wheelchair. Paul Pierce? Paul Pierce. Oh, oh poop stain. Pooped Paul his Pierce. pants and had to go <laughs> off in a wheelchair. Yeah, if you guys don't know what Ugh. we're talking about, please Google the Paul oh. Pierce poop stain. Uh, wheelchair. We'll do a whole wheelchair. episode. It's, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Uh, you guys are never going to get this. It's Joe Johnson. No. Joe, oh, Joe wow. Johnson has seven unassisted buzzer beaters. For sure in the regular season, though. Oh, course. yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Hawks never made any. Yeah. yeah, so Braun has seven, Paul Pierce has seven, uh, a couple guys have six. Iggy, uh, D, D Wade, old Agent Zero, Gilbert Arenas. Agent hey. Zero. Uh, bring, a lo- bring a gun to the locker room. Uh, Vince Carter, uh, don't lean on the class, KG. <laughs> uh, and then five, uh, John Stockton, uh, Jerry Stackhouse, Mo Williams, Monta Ellis. Mo Williams? Yeah, Rudy Gay. Um, Chuck Person, who I didn't know was an NBA basketball player until tonight. Why are these all such recent people? Yeah, I don't know. Did they have buzzer beaters back then? I guess, yeah. I don't I don't know. Um, and also, consistently, at least. Yeah. Also, at the end of the episode where uh, he talks to Larry Bird and talks about his golf game, that's a little jab Space Jam, right? <laughs> yes. Right? A little Space Jam jab? Gotta be, yeah. Gotta be. Uh, yeah, but they move us on. So, episode 10, um, we finally... Get a glimpse of the Jordan children. Oh yeah! And Jeffrey and Marcus Jordan look like they're about to drop the hottest mixtape oh, of 2020. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Just having real nice fits and just nicely groomed beards. Uh, they that's all they they didn't they weren't in this much. It's weird. No. It's kind of bizarre that they didn't. I would have loved to hear sort of their perspective on. They may also not have seen their dad that much during this time. <laughs> No, I'm just saying like Jordan. Cue cats in the cradle. Hot take. I'm just saying Jordan was. <laughs> probably working on his craft so much to where 
I don't know how much she was around. During, during the season, at least. During That's season. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, when he's in Utah and he's on the bus and he's jamming, and yes. they're, like, they're like, what do you listen to? <laughs> is Kenny Lattimore that hadn't released yet? I'm going to give you all a little sample of what <laughs> it probably was because this is a Kenny Lattimore album that came out in October of that year. So MJ's getting hyped before the game to a little bit of this. Oh, let me fast forward a little bit so I can get a, get a feel for this. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Also, this definitely jives with his the, his rhythms. Shout out to all the small Oakley glasses that everyone is wearing. He has some very 1997 glasses yeah. in that uh in that they braid. Uh, they're, they're, but they're like tiny. They're yeah. like the 90 they're like literally the ones that Tom Cruise wore in like Mission Impossible 2 <laughs> or something. They were like your carbon fiber or whatever. That was just a good like pull. I like that. Super ugly, just very mechanical looking. Yeah. That was terrible music, Dr. Yeah. Man, and yeah. I can't imagine getting <laughs> yeah, hyped to that. Yeah, let's let's get prepared for a game and listen to some Kenny Lattimore. That sometime. was on board on par with Marlon's Will Soar. <laughs> <laughs> By Scott Stepp. Shout out to Scott Stepp. Man, that was good. Uh, I like in the pregame for the Utah series when they're playing horse and they're all hitting those, trying to hit those 38-footers and no one can, and that's just commonplace in the NBA right now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's just a regular old shot. Yeah, that's like a Joel Embiid's hitting those. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody, I don't know who, it was off camera, you couldn't see it, but uh, before that Jazz series, somebody was talking about the Jazz and said, they swept L.A., you know how much it takes to guard Shaq and try and push that motherfucker down down there? <laughs> I ain't Shaq. And he just said, I ain't Shaq, which, yeah. fair point. It's true. Yeah, I love all this jazz hate that's in this because <laughs> I also hate the jazz because the late 2000s jazz led by Carlos Boozer and Darren Ugh. Williams and Andres Karolinko really ruined my T-Mac years. <laughs> and I just, I just remember getting beaten the first round by the jazz when also, I was a kid in the playoffs. Shout out to the original big balder brand, Carl Malone. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, he, hey, don't. And don't, that mustache and that receiving I mean, hairline, man. Yeah, he looks like. He looks like he, a superhero. He looks like Black Snake Moan for sure, but also, <laughs> like, I I love me some Carl Malone. Oh, so. I do too. He's the mailman. He delivers. He is. Uh, I enjoyed his year on the Lakers. It was pretty fun because uh, I. <laughs> Much like Russell Westbrook, when you cultivate a hate for somebody, it's an interesting feeling when all of a sudden they're on your team and then you have mm-hmm. to sort of like make oh, amends like with your hatred now. of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I remember him getting his jersey ripped and like, I have this weird memory of him. I don't know what the, somebody asked him about like wearing a knee brace or like, why don't you wear a knee brace? It's like, he said, Samurai don't wear no knee brace. <laughs> I don't know if that's real or I imagine that, but I have a memory of him saying know. something like that. That might be my justification for everything in life. How come you didn't use your blinker? Samurais don't use blinkers. Samurai don't use no blinker. <laughs> Carl Malone yeah. is the most like hillbilly NBA player maybe ever. Mm. Uh, I love that Phil was wearing earplugs during, <laughs> oh, yes. during this. Like, like I feel like now he would get heckled for that. You know, like, oh, it's too loud for you, Phil. But like, he just <laughs> does not care. No. No. Yeah. Um, the... Game three, I think it was, that the Bulls uh, pounded them. 96 to 54. Yeah. That was firework. Yeah, someone just shot some fireworks. Last dance is real, guys. People are out here. People are hyped. Uh, I mean, game one, it was in overtime, and they scored 88 points. (laughs) (laughs) 54 points in an NBA game. Yeah. 48 minutes. 
Oh also, Jerry Sloan woke up that morning and said, yeah, let's put Jeff Hornacek on <laughs> MJ. <laughs> what a mistake. Yeah, I uh, I did not enjoy that jazz team either. Uh, I remember watching them get beat by the Bulls both those years, and uh, but I do not remember them scoring only 54 points. Yeah, in that game, Greg Ostertag had the best plus-minus for the jazz. Who? And, yeah, exactly. And, He's an ogre. Uh, He's what a... do you think it is? Plus three. Two? Minus 12. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Carl Malone, plus Car- minus. Carl Malone was a minus 21 and Stockton was a minus 16. We might have to watch that game and just talk about it. Yeah, it's I, I just can't imagine. Yeah, it's bad. Did then, you, I wish you would have looked up like lowest point totals in an NBA game or playoff game. That was. That was the lowest yeah, point total lowest. In, in, a playoff in, game? in NBA playoffs ever. 54. I think Woof. second would probably be the Celtics. When they got destroyed by the Cavs uh, a few years ago. Wait, who was uh, on the Cavs? <laughs> uh, LeBron. <laughs> um, uh, tangent, uh, right after this, they showed a commercial for some new 30 for 30s. And there was one about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And he is terrifying now. Sammy Sosa? Sammy Sosa yes. is. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> he does not look real in any sense. He looks like the guy from Silence of the Lambs took his skin <laughs> off or something and put it on somebody else. It's very bad. Oh, man. Yeah, he came on screen, and I, I was shook. <laughs> uh, so they win, and then Rodzilla decides to go do some wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. Still in pajama pants, and though. And poor Carmen Electra. Why does she have to answer for all this bullshit? Why do they always like, what it, was he doing? Well, so he took a little, like, no, nah, man, just be like, I don't know, ask him. Like, well, why do I have to answer for him? I'm not married to him anymore. Rodman would give some garbage answer where it was like, hey, what'd you do when you were, what were you thinking when you were going around? <laughs> oh, I was just thinking about getting with some women. I put my feet on the couch. I got a little more sense than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember putting my feet on his couch. <laughs> so we beat him in the legs. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I don't I really don't understand the sequence of events. He just like leaves. Yeah, just in the left. middle of the NBA finals. No, yeah, and goes after, to do like game. Monday Night Raw. I mean, yeah. I I feel like that, that was after Game Three, right? Uh, it was after Game Three. Uh, Three. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like that, not in a bad sense, but Phil kind of like enabled that behavior, but not in not in a bad way necessarily because. Like, I've played on some teams with some dudes who are stupid talented. Like, one of my really good friends from high school was the number four NFL draft pick one year. And, dude, that dude had a lot more leash than I did. (laughs) Let's just say that. Like, he had a lot more because I was not him by any means. But it's that that mindset of him kind of letting loose and having more leash. But every time they were in a game, he was locked in. He he was there. That's what he was saying. When he's on the court, he's giving you... Everything he has. Yeah, so I I feel like that there's this kind of give and take that that Phil kind of enabled, but also was it a bad thing because they won? Yeah. Well, Grant, at the same time, they knew what they were gonna have to do when they got him three years before, and then that same year they gave him the that two day vacation. Yeah, I definitely understand the idea of I'm gonna give you everything I got when I'm here, but I need to let loose when I'm not here, um, and that's fair. But also. Hey, you're not going to have much to give me if you're drunk the two days in between Apparently every Dennis game. Did. <laughs> yeah, so that next game, game four, after the wrestling, he had six points, 14 rebounds. Good Lord. Two assists and a block. All six of his points came from free throws. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anybody eight. rebound the way. Like, also, I love his iconic 
Kick the leg. Kick the leg, baby. Kick the leg. Got to. Small yeah. shorts. Wrap your hands, like, not to make shots, to get rebounds. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, what do you think Carl Malone's one rep max is in shoulder press? <laughs> seven hundred. Yeah, at least seven hundred. I put at least nine thousand. Yes. <laughs> Just those are some mountains he's got on his arms. Who can? All right, who's got better, stronger shoulders, Dwight Howard or Carl Malone? Carl. Mm-hmm. I think I have like, you seen Dwight Howard's shoulders? I have, but Carl, man, that's yeah, before this before Dwight Howard has never gone through a doorway without turning. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying Dwight Howard has more like built shoulders, but Carl Malone, I feel like he has dad strength just because <laughs> brute of the way he strength. Looks. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, just one of those guys that does not have any muscle definition, but will flip a car on an instant, <laughs> like just dad strength. Uh, and I think it was it might have been before that game when he came back, or maybe after the game he played. Dennis came back. But he's walking out in the media, trying to talk to him, and he has a hat that just says "bong." <laughs> period. Bong. Period. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, which before, in today's age, that's instant suspension or fine or what? I mean, he did get fined, but and that would not fly in today's age. Yeah. I um, don't know. It's legal in like most no, 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 states. I'm not talking about smoking weed. I'm just saying like his bong. image. That's true. Yeah. Like, uh, he, I don't know. Who knows? Adam Silver seems pretty, pretty chillax. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, before game five, they show this really quick clip of a trailer with John Stockton's face on it. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw that. He does, Least marketable face yeah, ever. Not a, he's got a face for radio, for sure. Oh, yes. Um, there's, like, this awkward half smile he's wearing um, <laughs> that, like, looks like he's very uncomfortable with the situation. Oh, he probably was. Um, yeah, it, it was, that was pretty bad. Imagine, like, I was thinking about this with the Pacers, too. Imagine just like living in like Indiana or like Utah and just being like, well, root for the Jazz. Like, root for, like oh, how unfortunate is that? Yeah. You know, like, we just lost so many listeners in Indiana. Yeah, Utah. Whatever. <laughs> I just like, uh, it's, I mean, hey, what I, you know, I, I p- picked my team like that, that I wanted to root for, but like, even to be like living in Houston is not, it's Houston, it's the third largest city in the country. They're always there, they have good sports, but it's like living in like some small market and just like, well, this is the team that I live and die by. Yep. Like living in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, like yeah. Your, your river caught on fire because it was full of not water. It's <laughs> unfortunate. Water. Yeah, this is a nice little sequence, though, because they go they cut from that Stockton trailer to the assistant <laughs> trainer who's wearing puka shells with frosted tips. <laughs> and I loved that. I, I could, my fingers could not type fast enough when I saw him come on screen. Love that. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when they, they start game six. Well, I'll, I'll flashback real quick to after that, uh, Rodman, the game four, and they have to sneak him out of the building that was great. to avoid reporters. That was great. Because they're like, he's not going to say anything, so he doesn't need to talk to anybody. How do we get out of get him out of here without them knowing? Yeah, this is pre-Richard Sherman. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. So, no, that's Marshawn Lynch. That's Marshawn Lynch, Lynch yeah. you're right. Richard Sherman will for sure talk to oh, you. That's right. For that's sure. right. Sorry. It goes to show how much I know about football. So, uh, Yeah, so game six, man. Scotty mm. uh, just couldn't, yeah. couldn't go, man. I, also, did you see that the muscle stim machine that they had to bring out when he was coming down to the Yeah, now they, now they got those on your iPhone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that thing was gigantic. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, we were not planning on being on this podcast for the finals game six because I knew the last episode would be finals game six. But before the first podcast, I watched finals game six. <laughs> and it's all coming to fruition because oh I have here we go. so many notes. 
uh, pretty sure Stockton's wearing some Air Monarchs. <laughs> some, <laughs> some, some dad running shoes. Um, he just came straight from mowing the lawn. And yeah, I just... <laughs> Just hey, wearing, man, Carl, probably. Yeah, wearing some like stretched out tube socks and some Air Monarchs. Um, <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that's. Mm, but man, this is such a good game, though. I like even watching it now, in the modern NBA era and stuff. And even as a as an NBA fan, I grew up kind of after this era. Where, granted, the the two thousands was not a spectacular era in the NBA. There was kind of this talent lull a little bit. Uh, and, I don't know. You had some big teams, big names, and some big teams. Yeah, but I mean, overall, I feel like the talent pool in the NBA during the late 2000s was way less than it is now. There, there was you know four to five teams that had a lot of superstars, and then past that, the talent just kind of dropped off. You didn't didn't have these teams that had like one guy who could go out for 70, like the Suns. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of grew up on this era of the NBA where scores were higher the pace was a little faster and even then as i got older and into college and stuff like that the the nba kind of shifted and became this even more global game than it is then and um shifted and play even more and stuff so but going back and watching this 98 finals game was actually super enjoyable which was surprising to me because i as we've already talked about in this podcast some of the parts of the 90s <laughs> nba i super don't like as a, as a person who loves numbers and analytics, like it's there are they're non-existent. Back yeah, then. they're non-existent back then. They take dumb shots a lot, but um, but yeah, I hey, just it was, a, a lot of those, it was a super enjoyable game, like overall. So yeah, I just, this is where I got my uh, Tony Kukuk, uh Kukak, Kukac, <laughs> looking like Nikki from The Wire. This is where I first put that note down. So um, yeah, Pip tightening up after that first dunk. Uh, that sucks, man. I think like he had some bad luck, like yeah. whether it's uh, um, the when his back tightened up or like well, like the last shot's not bad luck, I guess. That's other the sickness, yeah, the migraine game, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing, like big game finals were Eastern Conference finals, whatever it is, and now he's got migraine, can't see straight, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that sucks, man. It's bad luck. I mean, I've never had a back injury or, or back tightness or whatever, but you can tell, man. He's just like, but it was fun to hear him say like. I was a decoy that whole game. <laughs> they just didn't yeah. know it. No, that was one of those. I think it was. I guess in the first episode, we we're talking about how Jordan in the flu game was like, "I'm not quitting on this team." You see, kind of the the contrast between Jordan being, "I'm laying it all out on the floor," and you have Pippen with, "I'm not. I'm not. If I'm not taking the last shot, I'm not. Yeah, I'm on the bench." Which, granted, that was one time, but. The fact that Jordan is like, I'm dying, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to go s- drop 38. I ate this whole ass pizza, <laughs> and now I feel terrible. <laughs> but I'm going to go, show much about. Yeah, uh, I got a real, real serious question for you guys. <laughs> I'm ready. Did white people sweat in 1998? <laughs> 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 because everybody, every white person in this game just looks... <laughs> pristine mj is just glistening the whole game oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah every carl malone is just a fountain oh yeah and john stockton yeah looks like he just came out of an air-conditioned <laughs> locker room the whole game steve kerr not a drop of sweat on him the whole game um so i'm just saying that sweat in the nba <laughs> on white people in 1998 might be fake news so <laughs> 
Well, we know that uh, we know they do now. Because Crawdaddy changes his shirt on the reg when we do any sort of athletic activity. I, I have to. Well, I don't have to, but it's for everyone <laughs> it's else. It's a courtesy. We appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, there's some like really good sequences that I have written down in this game. So like with 145 left in the second, uh, MJ he like rips through Brian Russell, who like legit punches him, <laughs> and then MJ kind of like punches him back, and then he hits this like pull up, and then the next sequence they come down and Jeff Hornacek who has been worked you know this whole series hits a three, and then MJ immediately calls for the ball and then. Gets in Hornacek's face and hits this fadeaway like right in his grill, and yeah, it. I feel like it was like quintessential Jordan. Yeah. Like there's a couple of these, you know, like, um, like eight forty left in the third. He dribbles down and uh, Kukoc like falls down on the pick, like literally just tries to set a pick <laughs> and like falls down, and then MJ just was like, okay, I guess I don't need a pick and just pulled up <laughs> in their face. Um, also, yeah. was it the first matchup or the second matchup where? It gets more chippy. Is it the second one? Yeah, it's the, the 98 finals. Yeah. It, it's, it's and where I mean, Jordan goes up to take a shot, gets fouled, and then throws the basketball off. That was the Pacers. Head. That, was, that was the Pacers. The Pacers. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, was Pacers. He threw it off like uh, Jalen Rose or somebody's. <laughs> yeah. But this is where Rodden and Malone are kind of going at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I imagine that watching Rodman and Malone go at it is kind of like watching a nuclear explosion through some of those water glasses that they give you. <laughs> like, like, it's just an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. Yeah. Like, they're just going... Uh, where they're just elbowing and falling down is incredible. Would never happen now. Oh, God, no. They'd be ejected so quickly. Yeah. you love um, to see it. All right, so let's say the clock is winding down and you're the guy on your team and you have the ball at the top of the key. What's your move or what is your... What's the spot you want to get to? Crawdaddy. I'm trying to make a layup. You're going to go to the rack? I'm going to the rack. You're not going to shoot it like 40-footer? <laughs> it's tempting. I think I have to call BS on this because I feel like I've seen you just shoot the three-pointer. Okay. I will preface this with, if I'm in shape, I'm going to the rack. <laughs> if I'm in my current shape, I'm shooting a 45-footer. <laughs> <laughs> pulling up from half court. Um, I... I would. I'm trying to get to my left. Try and get to the rack with my left hand always, because no, no, everyone pushes me right. Although I, because I shoot right-handed, but I'm naturally left-handed, and so usually I can get to my left and get to the rack. So that's what I would try and do personally. I've been in this position very few times, um, but I would also just get to the rack. Or if I try to get to the rack and I get hedged uh, for whatever reason, the baseline. Uh, like mid-range jumper, I hate shooting it, but for whatever reason, I feel like it's money when I get to it. Because like I can run four or five times in like pickup games, right? Granted, very low stakes, whatever. <laughs> but just like to win the game or whatever, for whatever reason, if I just heave it up from mid-range and I'm like, ah, I hate it, it almost <laughs> always goes in. But yeah, I'm also getting to the rack. I like shooting mid-range jumper is so uncomfortable to me. Growing up in the era of like, don't do that. Yeah, I and especially like if. Like in this sequence too, where, you know, you have your guy on his heels, you do a little step back to to get him even further, and you have that gather, like, that he had time. Yeah. You know what I mean? He had six seconds. Like I'm taking another left left hand <laughs> dribble, and I'm going to the rack and either trying to dish it, you know, and just getting a, a better shot than a pull up. But then again, I mean, if you're MJ and that's, 
you know what well, that's seventy percent of your butter. yeah seventy yeah. percent of the shots that you take. So <clears throat> that last yeah that they really they really slowed down and milked that last sequence, uh, and it was really really good. Um, and I was like my heart was like p- pounding. Oh yeah. yeah. But like I know exactly what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But I was just like. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, man, I think it was. Dennis saying he's gonna shoot this fucker. <laughs> no way. And Scotty like I'm get getting the, out of the way. Get the hell out of the way, man. Like everybody. I mean, other times past Steve Kerr, but him saying like I don't care who's open. Steve Kerr, John Paxson, nobody. Like he's gonna shoot it. And then uh, the push. All right. Does Michael push Brian Russell? Does he push off? I like the Bob Costas's take on it. Like a major D escorting you to the table. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because he's already falling down. Yeah, and it doesn't look like there there's much of like a leg movement from his hand. It just looks like he's just doing that. I mean, at most he's just giving him a light, a gentle kind of push, but nothing that if he was in a s- stable stance, he couldn't get past. Yeah, I feel like that the fir- the the angle that we always see is that from the, uh, the opposite baseline where it's MJ's back and it looks like he just yeah. just you know, ejects this man into the baseline. Uh, but really, from that other that other angle, you can kind of see the one from the sideline. I mean, really, like MJ kind of makes contact with like his pointer and his thumb, but he doesn't even have his full hand on him. Yeah. And there's not, you can tell there's not even really like a push. So I mean, I think that from the angle that we always see, it totally looks like a push. But I don't actually know if it. It's is. no Reggie Miller. <laughs> it's no Reggie. Yeah, it's true. I have a sort of have your cake and eat it too take which is that he doesn't push him off because he is already kind of going he's he's already moving that way but if he hadn't been falling down he would have shoved the shit out of him anyway he yeah. was trying to push him yeah so absolutely. i think he was trying to push him but and that's why it looks like he does but does he does it make that much of a difference i don't think so no yeah and uh, I think it's funny that he knows that everybody thinks he pushed him and that's what you get calls bullshit for being a rookie <laughs> And trying to cut Michael Jordan. Also, they cut to Brian Russell at one point, and he had these terrible, like, knee-high socks on. And I was like, man, you deserve everything you got. Like, <laughs> you look like garbage out here, dude. You got to have some lower socks, man. Yeah. Come on. Um, yeah, and that, like, that kind of ends it. That's that's it. That's it. That's the, I mean, other than if we're talking about his Wizards comeback. But, I mean, that's the last. They're, they don't even talk about which. Yeah, which, uh, thankfully. Thankfully, well, yeah. This is all about the 98. Yeah, this is about the Bulls. This is not about the. I thought they might be like a little tag or a little epilogue, but it's just like, nah. Yeah, it? it's 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 non-existent. But yeah, I I mean this is end of an era right here. This one shot, it's like huge. Um, I know. I just I I I'd take an entire documentary about that last sequence. Yeah, it's just so break good. it down exactly. Yeah, detail. I I've yeah, seen there, that, there probably is one. Probably so. Yeah, I've seen that shot a lot. Um, but I was watching it with Lauren and she had not seen that shot really. And as soon as it went in, she just goes, Ooh, <laughs> I, was like, I think that's the most accurate take on that shot. It's just it for the jazz. It feels like all the air comes out of them. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, and for the bulls, it's like this sigh of relief of like, all right, like we did it. MJ is going out on, on this championship, um, in such an incredible way. When you think of MJ, is that the shot you guys think of? I think of the ELO shot, honestly. Um, just like when I picture it in my head, that's the shot yeah. I think of. Yeah, that or both of those shots, really. I think of this one just because I remember watching it. Like, I was obviously a little older than you guys, so I remember watching this game. 
Um, I watched the game. I do not remember the details of this, these games. I mean, I don't have like a crystal clear memory of this like moment, but I remember watching that game and I remember them winning and be like, oh, wow. And I remember the push was like kind of a big deal or like the, that mm-hmm. shot was obviously pretty special. Um, so, yeah, whenever I think of it, I just – because it's the last thing he ever did. I mean, let's – like in our head canon, let's just forget about the Wizards. Um, but that's like what I think of. Like yeah. when you say Michael Jordan, I think of him shoving the shit out of Brian Russell. <laughs> or trying to anyway. Uh, and just seeking that like beautiful uh, little like 15 whatever it is footer. Yeah. Um, if the Bulls came back the next year, um, so they would have had to have faced Timmy and David Robinson and Avery Johnson on the Spurs who ended up winning the 99 finals. However, it was a shortened season. It was a shortened season. I think that helps them. That a helps lot. them for sure. Yeah, just them old bones. Yeah, less yeah. games on those old bones. Yeah, that that was kind of my thought. Is I I couldn't even remember off the top of my head who won the '99 Finals, and I went back and yeah, it was the the Spurs. Steve Kerr got another one. Yeah, got him another one. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, do Which, you know? Well, if they, if they if they stayed together, Kerr doesn't get traded to the Spurs. Probably not. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know the contract situations. Everybody, it sounded like everybody was kind of up at that point. No, I guess not. Pip, Kerr got traded. Pippen was Pippen got traded. Kerr got traded. Robin was released. Michael retired. But like, what Jordan was saying, he could have convinced he could have convinced everyone to come back. Yeah, yeah, because Pippen was on that garbage, that long garbage contract. Yeah, yeah. At this point, so um, yeah, I. I feel like that they probably would have taken it. Do you know who the Spurs beat in the finals? The Knicks. The Knicks. Of course. Yeah, with Marcus Canby and oh. Allen Houston, Chris Childs. <laughs> Man, just a just a quite a gang. All right, we're, we got to go back a little bit. Sorry. So they win. That's okay. So they win the '98 game. They're celebrating. Uh, they sort of a lot of that behind the scenes locker room stuff, which is really cool. And we get a sighting from. Did you guys see? From Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't see I, this? I totally missed that. He, so he was like, he was saying something like, you kind of see this like young kid with like a hat on, and he's like, he's like, oh, man. Hat. And he's, he's talking, I was, I was watching today on The Man in the Iron Mask, or I was just watching that man today. Man in the Iron Face. Yeah, he got man the name wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's Leo. Weird. And he's I like t- at the game, and he goes back to the locker room. I must have been typing. I totally missed that. Well, you couldn't really, because he's got a hat on, and he looks like well, it's like. they labeled Leo. Le- it's like baby face. his name, but. Weird. So I have a terrible piece of trivia. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is 1997. 98. Le- uh, sorry, 98. Uh, Leo was 22 then. Um, wow. Leo's current girlfriend. How old do you think she was at this time? Not born. I don't know who his current girlfriend is. She's a supermodel okay. who you probably wouldn't know. I didn't know who she was. Either. I'm going to say negative three. <laughs> she was not born yet. Uh-huh. She it. was born like three days later. Three days? June like... 16th, 1998. Oh my oh, gosh. Uh, he was 22 at the time. Oof. Yeah. Like that's a that's going to be yikes for me, dog. Like, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, man, it's I guess Le- props to him? It's Leo though, man. I know. Hey man, that's his brand, you know? Like he trades up like every... <laughs> Like, that's what I like about these girlfriends, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> <laughs> but that was unfortunate. If you think you locked up to him and, well, maybe he'd think it was rad, but like, hey, man, your girlfriend in, uh, like, 20 years? She hasn't been born yet. <laughs> it's like the SNL sketch they did this one time where it's like, meet your future girlfriend. And uh, it was like older guys who were like, hey, like, and then they kept getting younger. And they, it's like a game show, and they'd come out, and they kept getting younger, and it got more and more uncomfortable. <laughs> and finally, this girl comes out. 
and she's like in her mid late twenties, and the guy's like, "Oh, it's not so bad, not so bad." And she's like, "Oh, I'm pregnant, and your future girlfriend is in here," and he's like, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was uh, that's the worst piece of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. I like that. You know, I knew that he uh, he likes him young, and yeah. I just I had the you know. Yeah. Also, the Carmen Electra sighting behind the scenes as well. Kissing. Kiss the trophy. How has she kissed the O'Brien trophy? Like, that's sort of maddening to think about. I mean... Mm-hmm. But you know what? Hey, this is America. That's right. Get it, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love seeing Barack again. Oh, yeah. It's always, always good to see him. Um, he came on screen and Lauren said, Way to bring us home, Barack. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Yeah, he. Uh, I thought it was really interesting... The, one of the last things they asked him was, is it, is it great to leave at your peak? Or is it sort of maddening? And he's like, oh, it's maddening. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, which is, I was shocked that he said that because I thought for sure, it he seems won. like this whole thing is about closure. You know, like they all got closure. Phil was ready to, seem like he was ready, like, meh. Well, know. the front office situation was just a It's toxic fire. and you can't come back, you know, but. Which the fact that they're like, hey, please come back. I know. Screw that, dude. I would. I. How can you come back after that? Like, yeah. yeah, we won, and now you want us back. Like, nah, man. Yeah, and I feel like that for that to happen, it would have to be Jerry Krause being the one that's like, all right, you guys are all in one years. Let's do this all again. But coming from Reinsdorf, like there, there's going to be that tension. Yeah. You know, there was already tension with Jerry Krause knowing that Jerry it was Krause his, probably have to leave. It was our last year. Yeah, and so. Yes, so I feel like either Jerry Krause, who has built the Bulls into this incredible franchise, on it. I mean, they kind of shit on the guy the whole time, (laughs) but honestly, like he he made a lot of really great moves. You know, yeah. Um, This was not one of them, but he made some really great moves, and so having to let go of this guy or have this like incredible strife that like is this a situation that can be rebuilt after this era? I mean, that's it's tough. Yeah. It's, a, it's a tough call either way. Yeah, so the, around this exact same time, uh, one Jerry Seinfeld was ending uh, their, his show at the height of its popularity. And he always said, like, well, don't you want to know how long you can stay on top? And don't you want to know how long, like, you guys could be number one and, like, how much, how much longer you could do it? And he always said, like, the only way to know that is to go too far. Like, the only way you know how far you can – how long you can be number one is to not be one number one anymore. And they're like, well, that was it. Um, so it's interesting. I think like, I, it's a huge. What if do they do it in a strike shortened season? Do they get a little bit of a break? They get a rest, they get a short season to try to do it again. And, uh, then now we're talking about seven championships yeah. in eight years. Um, Nine. I think obviously eventually they run out of steam and in 2000, I don't think, um, oh yeah, I think by then. It, three years later, they're they're older, and also you run into the buzzsaw of well, I mean, it changes everything because it's Phil coached the Lakers. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But um, uh, it's interesting to think about, and I, I mean, seems like everybody else got closure. Yeah, he, I don't think he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that just goes to his, he's so competitive, so he always wants to know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't. I mean, I, granted, it's me disagreeing with michael jordan you know but like yeah i i think that it was a tough way to go out but what if they come back and they get beat by the spurs then you know exactly what you said they went too far 
you know, so we're we're gambling on. And then you have it, to hear about it from all the Spurs fans too. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're you're ending your era on a you know less than perfect run. Yeah. Than what you just accomplished, you know, and and really, I mean, had he not come back to the Wizards, which is something that is just unspeakable at this point, <laughs> um, he. I mean, he, he ended his career in literally the perfect way, yeah. you know? Game-winning um, shot. Yeah, game-winning shot. To win a title. Yeah. There, there's win a no, three-peat. Yeah, second win a three-peat. Second three-peat. There, I mean, there's nothing better, you know? Um, so I feel like the... Yes, it may have been infuriating, but I just don't know if the gamble would have paid off, you know? Um, I mean, they, they may have won, and that would have been awesome. It would have been seven, but the implications of that... On the other other side of that are pretty, pretty yeah. intense. So, and that was it. That was all she wrote. Kind of sad. This is over. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was like it. Like it was a great, great series. There's no other good media on during quarantine. Oh, that that's that's NASCAR a stretch. came back today though. That's a, that's a stretch. But there did you just say NASCAR came? That's yes, it did, but it's not. Go no, fast, no. turn left. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just not sports on, and when I mean sports, I mean basketball and soccer because that's all I watch. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's just no sports on, and so I feel like I put so much into this podcast, but also like this, uh, just watching it and anticipating yeah. it, and now it's over. Kind of sucks. I mean, I'm excited to rewatch it every couple of years. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I think it it was, uh, yeah, incredibly well done. Obviously, the subject matter was very interesting to us, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I had a great time watching it. Um, do you guys have any final takeaways from it? Favorite moments or things that stuck out? Things that changed your mind? I did, but then I lost it. So, <laughs> I I just really liked the. I feel like that there's so much emphasis on the championship years, uh, the two three peats with MJ. Um, I feel like there's not a lot of emphasis on that like late 80s runs that he made. And they did, I think in the first two episodes, they did a really good job of kind of emphasizing that and uh, talking a lot about it. And honestly, like I learned a lot as someone who I feel like I'm decently knowledgeable about basketball. Um, and I, I don't have a lot of insight into that, you know, post, uh, post-Magic era, you yeah. know, um, that like prior before the dream team happened that whole era of the nba i just don't have a lot of knowledge on so i i I really appreciated the the insight that they really took a lot of time keying on that at least yeah i I did not realize how just a how great a leader jordan was i knew he was great he like individually was phenomenal but just the fact that he pushed his teammates so much so that they could all be great not just him be great um, and just leadership that way. I think that uh, really set the tone for what a great leader looks like. Oh, I do remember what I was going to say, but like how Brock was saying that Jordan was Jordan. Well, Brock and David Stern were saying how Jordan was basically the ambassador that just ushered in this new wave, like of being able to be a superstar. Culturally and also for the black athlete, which is yeah. incredible. Like it's it's been a great great thing. And then David Stern being like, we were in a handful of countries when he started, and then by the end of it, there or nowadays they're in two hundred countries. 
Like, that is... it. Without Jordan, you don't have Kobe. You don't have LeBron. You don't have all these other great superstars, which I think in that terms, he is... He was the catalyst that brought that about. Um, and then that makes... That murks up the the GOAT debate, I think, a little bit. Um, just because there's so much emphasis on that. He has so much impact on that. Yeah. Um, granted, he also did this before social media. No one knew the ins and outs of people's lives. We're like, LeBron, you can see what he's doing on a random Tuesday. He'll tell you. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. Uh, where this area, you've, if ESPN didn't report it, you had no idea. They play LeBron's son's high school games. Exactly. On TV. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like that... Yeah, I, I think that the the importance of MJ to the league and growing it into the global game that it is today, I'm glad that they they put some emphasis on that and you know R.I.P. David Stern for yeah. Yeah. for bringing that up. Um, but yeah, I mean the NBA and capitalizing on that too. Yeah, but I mean the NBA is is in almost every country. I mean they're starting a league in Africa now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the game in China is. In- incredible. Um, Stefan Marbury is the Chinese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just I mean, seeing how the the game has grown in all these different countries. I mean, that's a lot of that is on MJ's shoulders, you know, because he was one of the the first glo- like global stars. So. And he was didn't get into much trouble. The only really blemish or quote unquote blemish is is gambling yeah. stuff. But even that's not. Doesn't seem like that big of a deal. He's good for it, you know. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at like Magic and Bird, and we talked about, you know, the finals being like delayed, tape delayed, and playing later. You know, mm-hmm. the first year that Magic won it, um, and then them in the '80s really like increasing the popularity of the NBA, and then you know Mike taking it even further, and then obviously sneakers, which we are huge fans of. We talk about it. We're super into that that sphere of uh, of like culture. And then just the NBA and the game and basketball and, and all these things, like, just totally. And then movies, unfortunately. Space <laughs> Jam. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, Space Jam. But, yeah, the, the what he did. And then, again, people take it and run with it, just like anything else. And Kobe and Kobe and Shaq and LeBron and, you know, even, like, D-Wade and all these guys, like, them taking it and running with it. Running with it. Uh, it's like everybody owes it to the to previous generation. And I, uh, you know, I, I read somewhere, somebody asked Ken Burns, who's a famous documentarian, uh, like he's done a bunch of stuff for like PBS, like Ken Burns Baseball. Um, he does these very extremely comprehensive. He did one on Vietnam recently that was like very, very good, but they're very comprehensive, like encyclopedic documentaries, and they're very, they're 100% journalistic. And someone's like, oh, have you watched Last Dance? He's like, ah, oh, it's the opposite of what I do. It's not journalism. Like it's, it's MJ is sanctioning all of it. He's producing it. He's, he's approving all the footage. It's the opposite of what I do. You know, what I do is journalism, and it's like, it's objective. And I hear what he's saying, but I just want to say like. I don't want a version of this that's not the way it was. Like, I don't want to see, like, a completely objective, like, version of The Last Dance. Like, I love that Michael was involved. I love that he had a stamp on it because I don't care. Like, I want to see his point of view on it. I want to see his perspective. I want the footage that, you know, because, like, there's some stuff in there that is not particularly, like, favoring of him. Mm -hmm. But he let it in, you know. And at the end of the day, it's about him. And, uh, you know, I've, I'm really, uh, I was, you know, obviously we were excited about this before it happened, um, and our hopes are really high, and, you know, it, it kind of exceeded it for me, like, it couldn't have been, yeah. I wouldn't change anything, the music has been killer, 
you know, the footage that we got to see, recapping the games, the pace of it, like spreading it over 10 episodes was great. Um, so, uh, that, yeah, I just, it was great. Had a great time. They probably should have renamed it MJ The Last Dance rather than just The Last Dance. But I mean, yeah, it's, you know. I mean, it would be kind of interesting to see what a objective documentary on that whole thing would be so you could com- compare. But again, I, that doesn't exist because, th- you know, that he wouldn't let all that footage be shown. You know, no. I mean, like he was the reason that had a camera crew following him around. So, no, totally. Yeah, um, yeah, it was great. I'm sad that it's over, but I'm glad that we got to got to watch it. The quarantine, we got to do something while we were stuck in our houses in the or spring of 2020 Dylan's garage hey I mean well you know yeah. but uh well gang I really appreciate you guys jumping on with me um we are looking thanks for having us we are you know we got plans to do more of these and do future stuff um but for now uh we watched The Last Dance and we loved it yep bikes bikes <laughs>